My name is Malakasso <laughs> Matthews, and I am joined, as always, by super handsome, lovely Hollywood Fletch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, for whatever the fuck it's worth. My name is Malachi J. Matthews, and I am joined, as always, by sneaky little Fletch, full of coffee. You've had too much coffee. Mm. Full of beans. Mm. Coffee mm. beans. You all right? I'm, I'm super. I feel yeah, really good. Right. You're in a good mood today. I did some yoga. You did 15 minutes of yoga the other day, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, and I feel fantastic. Imagine if you did, like, a whole session. You feel like a new man, like a bendy, flexible, zen man. Yeah. Get on it, mate. Get, are you doing DDP? No, I didn't do DDP. I just did one that I found on YouTube. Oh, cool. You don't need to do DDP. Maybe I'll look into DDP because that feels a bit more manly, doesn't it? You get an app and you get, like, DDP giving you motivational... No way! And he's like, hey, brother, let's do this! Is it like the, rock, is it like the rock clock? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like the rock clock. I used yeah. to have the rock clock. Yeah. Every day, like, The Rock would send you a video on the set of Baywatch or something. Get after it! Yeah, let's go to work! And you could set your alarm clock to go off at the same time as The Rock's, so you're both getting up at the same time in the morning. But The Rock always gets oh. up at, like, four o'clock in the morning. The so Rock like, doesn't nah. sleep. He, goes, he gets up at four in the morning so he can fucking clang eggs. and bang. Clanging and banging, eating eggs. <sighs> fucking hell. Well, glad you're in a better mood. Glad you're in a better mood. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the third man with us today. Magic Mark, say hello. Hello, how you doing? Hello. How's it going, Bab? You all right? Yeah, not too bad, you know, keeping busy. What have you been doing to keep busy? You've got a new podcast, haven't you? I've got a new new podcast. Well, I have. I'm I'm doing one about Red Dwarf. I like Red Dwarf. Oh, yeah. Called Shipwrecked and Comatose, if people want to listen to me chat shit about Red Dwarf as well as tap films, innit? Mm. Shipwrecked and Comatose. Yeah. It's a quote from the theme tune, because we are clever, and the two of us, we haven't decided which one is shipwrecked and which one is comatose yet, really, so. Well, so when does that start? It's, start- it's already started, it's every Thursday. And, every um, Thursday? We're on episode two, so we've done the first two episodes of series one of Red Dwarf so far. Yeah, All it's right. good, it's fun, and, and you know, I want to fly, shipwrecked and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Have you got any mango juice? I have. I did. It's gone. I did have a bottle of Rubicon, but it's gone. Finished. I love a bit of mango juice, but it's nicer in the hot weather. The the hot weather seems to have abandoned us here in England as well. It's awful. A bit gloomy in Manchester, yeah. Yeah, no Guardio at the minute. I've watched some good TV this week. I've I've got a pile of books to read. Got a pile of old Stephen King books to to get through. I'm going to do that. I've watched a shit ton of films in the last couple of days. What have you watched? I watched Don't Look Now. Oh, classic. Yeah. Bloody horrifying film. Crazy, mysterious film, that, that is. I saw that when I was about 15, and it, uh, it bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> I, watched, I watched Dead Man oh. with Johnny Depp. Not even heard of that. It's an acid western, Mark. It's very good. I watched Edward Scissorhands for the first time this week with Johnny Depp in. The first time? I know. It's one of those I've never seen Star Wars things for me. I'd never seen that. Yeah. And um, I liked it. It's it's flawed, and it's still fun though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's proper Tim Burton film. It's a proper Burton. It's basically Frankenstein, isn't it? Well, yeah. That's Tim Burton, though, isn't it? <laughs> Gloomy yet family friendly. Uh, yeah. Beetlejuice. I like Beetlejuice. Everyone likes Beetlejuice. 
haven't watched that for ages, actually. I might watch that. Soon. I watched it recently. Mm. Catherine O'Hara. Mm. Yeah, I like it. She wears gloves on her head. Yeah, she wears gloves on her head, and she's really good. Yeah. What are you saying about Catherine O'Hara in that film? I think she's uh, she's a very good actress. Right. What do you want? You want something else on top of that? No, it's just I'm not a pervert you, like you. you. Haven't, you haven't I'm not a pervert like you. Not everything has to be fucking wanking material to me. Power milfs. Yeah. But, how has this turned around to you both attacking because, me? Yeah, because you were trying then, weren't you? Oh, I just saw, yeah, I saw a little glimmer in your eye. I saw a little shiny, yeah. saw a little shiny in your eye. Did you? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Do you fancy the mum in Edward Scissorhands? The Avon lady. No, mate, yeah, I mean, she's, she's good. She's good in Lost Boys. Oh, she had a right old time in Lost Boys, mate. You, you've not seen it? No. But that's, she, that's... she's not a powerful MILF that, that you would enjoy. She's a powerful, strong woman, but she's not... What do you mean that I would enjoy? You like, mate, you like MILFs, don't you? I'm just kidding. This is... Let's get out of this hole and uh, <laughs> carry on with the actual podcast, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like you're baiting me. Area. It works, though, didn't it? It does. It does. Milf bait. Fletcher, right. <laughs> what have we watched this week on Super Tap Film Club? The Vindicator. The Vindicator from 1986, also known as Frankenstein 88. And in Brazil, it was called Robo Man. <laughs> Robot Man. Yeah, Robot. Uh, I, I am concerned that it's from 1986 and 1988, not 1988. We, we, what are we doing, watching films that aren't from 1988? Well, it's a film that's named after 1988, so it's acceptable. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> so was it supposed to take... So it, it was released in 1986? Yeah. And they, and they were like, we're going to set it in the distant future of 1988. That's what it was, was called. Was that the idea? Yeah, Frankenstein 88. I believe some places called it Frankenstein 2000 as well. Oh, so yeah, that sounds much more futuristic than 1988. And Robo Man, fully enough, there's a, quite a few similarities with this to uh, Robocop. There should be a whole genre of films that are just Robocop, but like but, Robocop, but Texas. Yeah, that, well, that Rotar. Yeah. yeah, Robocop, but Italian. Robocop, but it's Daniel Green. Yeah, <laughs> there should, I mean, there should be a whole genre of it. You know, it explicitly acknowledges Frankenstein as kind of like its inspiration, but yeah. it's as much inspired by RoboCop and a little bit Guyver as well. The, well, Mark. Well, well so why does it not? Mark. What now, huh? What year did RoboCop come out, Malachi? Uh, Nineteen eighty-seven. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. RoboCop ripped this off. Yeah, did you? This is before Robocop. Yep. Good grief. Before Robocop and after Terminator, the special effects in this are done by Stan Winston as well, who did the special effects in Terminator. So it's got that Terminator link. Did he have a much smaller budget for this then? Well, funny, funny enough that you say that, there was four, the, the, uh, the budget for this film was four million. Okay. How much do you think it grossed? How much? Did, um... Four pence? Did it like? Did it break even? Twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> wow! Oh my god! Twelve grand. Twelve thousand dollars. How did they? In the cinema. How did they let them make Robocop? I don't, I don't get it because we never. We, this is like that film, The Vindicator, that made twelve grand. 
Fuck off. Well, the thing is, we very rarely mention the budgets, but the fact that I had to get Sarah to check that I'd read the number right, it is $12,000, so God knows what happened to this film. Oh, my Lord. It, it's totally out of print, I know that. The only way that you can see it is on these very ropey VHS rips on YouTube that we watched. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my yeah. god! Twelve grand. Twelve grand. And and Robocop had the balls to rip this off. Mm. Yeah, Robocop 12. is just a rip off, isn't it? Robocop is just a rip off. Have you ever seen the early designs for Robocop? No. They are literally Judge Dredd. Are they? They look. They are Judge Dredd. Like it's like someone came along whilst they were making the film and just went. What the fuck are you doing? You've just made Judge Dredd change how he looks. And now he looks like Robocop. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, uh, this film was directed by a man. Oh, I love the flow of this man's name. Jean-Claude Lord. Jean-Claude Lord. Yeah. Nice. Jean-Claude Lord. Yeah. And I believe this is the first time that we've had a absolute tat superstar in one of our films. She's never appeared so far. Mm-hmm. Pam Greer's in this one. Jackie Brown, she's here. Yeah, Jackie Brown. Wait, we've never had a film with Pam Greer. We've never had a film with Pam Greer in it. Think back. I like Pam Greer. I do as well. And do you know what? We watched a film after this last night. Guess who was in it? Pam, Pam Greer. Pam Greer, yeah. That's how it happened. It's the, the river. So she's coming back in a few weeks. Good. Now, one thing I will say about the titles is I very much enjoyed the text. It was the futuristic text from the 80s, wasn't it? You could yeah. get that, like, like, green screen Microsoft Word. It reminded me of Daryl's. Remember that film about the robot boy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and let's get into it. Have well. we really never done a film with Pam Greer? I don't think so. I don't think we have. That's, that's kind of blowing my mind. Though. Which is for, for like a year's... Oh, yeah, by the way, guys, we're doing this for a fucking year now. Happy what? birthday. We're doing this for a year. This is like our um, year's, year's anniversary for doing the show. We've been doing... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, thanks, yeah, guys, yeah, for uh, getting involved. No. We'll have a cake. We'll have a cake. So just fucking just slivering. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's been a year. Well, it's cool because next week we're going to do The Fast and the Furious because it's our birthday. So we've got a little treat. Oh. It's like an audio cake for everyone. Oh. A family day out, as it were. Happy birthday, Super happy Tap happy. Film Club. <laughs> we all sound so happy that we've been doing no, this for years. I, I'm not quite happy with this film, though. It started with text that earned a love heart and music that earned its own separate love heart. I'm Instant. impressed with Paul Zazaz, Z-A-Z-A, Paul Zaza. As a composer for this film, I enjoyed his work. We had a conversation about it because we're not sure whether it's Paul, Paul Zaza or Zaza. Yeah. Or Zaza? Zaza. Zaza, yeah, maybe. Well, well, how do you spell Jar Jar Gabor? Is that the same? Because oh, maybe. maybe it's Paul Jar Jar. Ooh. Mm. There you go, see? We didn't think of that. No, that's it. It puts him a bit. This, puts... Is, this is why we have. Magic Mark on the show. Puts another spin on it. Perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into the film. This film starts in a primate lab. Monkeys in cages, etc. all over the place. Scientists have developed a method of controlling monkeys simply with keyboard commands. Laser, she types in, cross your hands. <laughs> Monkey crosses its hands. Oh. She says, make a funny face. 
Monkey pulls monkey pulls a funny face, and uh, there's a guy there, Beardy Ian, Beardy Ian, science science man. He's like, "Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle." Hey, hey, that's your, that's the first line in the film, so you know what's. It's you about know what you're monkeys. in for, yeah. It's about monkeys. So yeah, they've got this monkey in cage. They're typing in, giving it instructions, and it's doing it. Happy as Larry, Gail, the girl scientist, turns around to Beardy Ian and says, "Ian, watch this. I'll put something in this." Just in case it needed it, it's a defence system. Watch how it works. And she opens this little gate, and a tiny toy robot comes in, wandles in, touches the touches the monkey, and the monkey goes fucking bonkers. So smashing the place up, so smashing the robot. Ape shit, one could say. Ape shit, yeah. It goes absolutely mad. Very good, Fletch. Very good. And he's in a rage. He's in a furious, furious rage. Beardy Ian's like, turn that off. You can kill the monkey. And the lady's like, it's all right. Because once the threat has been destroyed, the monkey calms down. The rage subsides. And while they're talking about this, this the head of this lab, Alex White, he's, he's a bit of a bad lad. You can tell he's a bit of a bad lad because the first thing he does, he's like, can you make this monkey any more stressed at all? And they're like, well, I don't really want to. And he gets, he's like, I'll do it. And he goes up and he pokes the monkey with a stick. And he, <laughs> he just aggravates the monkey till he gets so annoyed that he just dies of rage. It just drops dead. I found this whole thing a little bit uncomfortable because there was it wasn't people in chimp suits. It was clearly actual chimps. Yeah, and he was going fucking mental on that robot. It was. Yeah. How did they piss the monkey off? How did they piss this monkey off? Yeah. What did they do? And then it bled uh, from the mouth. What did they do? Give it like a blood capsule or something? Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. Or something like that. Maybe they did just poke it with a stick. Maybe they gave it some cocaine and was just like, go monkey. Well, and, and I realise it's an easy fucking way of making you dislike someone. But I, anybody in a film that is cruel to animals, I will instantly think is the bad guy. Is, it, 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 oh, it's horrid. Well, in this film later on, they do do a really good job of making you hate the baddies, which is what I liked in this film. It, it leads you through it quite nicely. Speaking of leading you through it, guys, I want to introduce you to Carl and Lauren. Carl and Lauren, they're a happy couple, happy married, happy married couple, sitting there talking about stuff. Got a baby on the way. Oh, wow. Got a baby on the way. Seems perfect. Seems... Do you remember <laughs> Jimmy last week? <laughs> They've got their whole future ahead of them. Whole thing ahead of them. But but Carl's really annoyed. He's like, Alex White's cut my budget and he's taken three of my prototype chips before I had time to even test them. And his wife says, look, that Alex is a bit of a prick. I don't know why he just he just doesn't have you working for him. What's his prototype chips for? They don't say. Oh, silicon. Something to do with silicon, isn't it? Oh, so he, yes. makes, he makes cake cases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something, yeah, I think he's, he makes the silicon for the chips or something. I've no, never no, really cakes, not chips. So Carl decides he's going to go into the office tomorrow for an ex- explanation from Shady Alex about why he's cut his budget for making the silicon things, whatever it is, whether it be chips or cake packets. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I'll worry, I'll worry about that tomorrow. Right now, I'm going to make some sweet, sweet love to my lovely, lovely wife. And they get down on the rug, start smooching. Nice smooching. And all of a sudden, there's there's sound. CB radio is coming through. Where's it coming from? It's coming from this synthesizer. 
that's got a bad ground and he says i really need to fix that earth wire on that uh, stereo there because we're picking up voices mm. and they're like right let's leave it let's make love the next day carl goes to confront alex in his office and he's like i want some answers alex what's going on here i'll blow, I'll blow the goddamn whistle on you you've cut my budget cut my budget he's got like, carl you make cake fucking rapids <laughs> you don't need that much of a budget I know it's well. He's got a lovely shirt. We've pointed out. We like to point out a good Hawaiian shirt, as you guys know. In real life, I love a Hawaiian shirt. You do. He's uh, he's got a good shirt on. He says, in the last few months, the the, the funding for my silicon project has been slashed. So I'm close to finish it, and I need that money. Now something shady is going on here, and you're deliberately keeping me in the dark. Alex says, the money being used for research. He's like, what research? He's just like, just research. He says, I don't trust you. Tell me everything that's going on here or I'll bust this thing wide open. He says, okay, but give me two days. Just give me two days, which was really odd. So <laughs> like, come back in two days and I'll tell you everything. And Alex just goes, all right, then, yeah. He goes, I'll tell you what, Alex. I think you're going to enjoy this project because you're going to be a big part of it. Oh, my. For bogus sake. Carl, he's finished with uh, Alex, so he goes into his own office. His mate's there, Bert. Trustworthy Bert. He's asleep and he goes, well, how's it going, Bert? Do you know Bert? He looks like Barry from EastEnders. He did look a little bit like Barry from EastEnders. He was creepy as fuck as well. Uh, Who should give your family to me? Yeah. (laughs) He wakes Bert up and Bert's like, he gives him a card and he says, you're going to be a daddy. He's like, thanks, yeah. He says, like Mark says, Promise me one thing, Carl. If you ever get tired of your family, you'll give them to me. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if a mate of mine said that to me, I would never, ever trust him again. In fact, I, I don't think... If, if someone said to me, I like your cat, you should give it me, I would probably kill them. But yeah, but to, to top that, I was like, hey, God, I've just noticed we have, nobody's got any coffees. I'm going to go and get some coffees. You stay here. So Bert goes to get some coffee, leaving Carl in the office on his own. Unbeknownst to Carl, everyone else has left the laboratory downstairs. He's clicky-clacking on his computer, doing a bit of work with his silicon and all that. Baking cakes. Baking cakes, whatever he's doing, because <laughs> in this fucking kiln that he's working in. Yeah. Kiln. <laughs> what he's doing, he hears this beep, 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 beep. He's like, is somebody going to answer that bloody alarm? It keeps going. Clicking and clack, clicking and clack. Nobody's answering the alarm. He looks downstairs and he's like, the fucking danger, danger Will Robinson is flashing down there. So he's like, I better go and sort this out. He goes downstairs, looks at it. It's a mess, guys. It's a fucking mess. He's like, where's everybody gone? Everyone's gone. There's a shady man in the office upstairs. I think it's Beardy Ian looking down. And he's like, Beardy Ian, can you let me out? This is all going to blow. What? Beard ears steps back into the darkness and the place explodes. And uh, Carl turns into a puppet for a millisecond and burns, which was really good. Yeah. <laughs> he turns, yeah. He turns, he's like moving, like, ah! Like, <laughs> it looked like fucking total recall. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole fucking place blows. Boom. First explosion in the film. And it's a big one. Cut to Carl's funeral the next day. Everyone's really sad. Alex, Shady Alex, tries to apologise to Lauren. She's like, I'm really sorry about your loss, about Carl exploding last night. It is terrible news. And she said, that bullshit, get away from me, Shady business douche. And uh, Bert, 
Barry from EastEnders takes her off with it with a, a trustworthy arm, I think, you know, takes her off to one side. Ugh. Didn't he get murdered? Uh, yeah, his he wife, got chucked down hill. Did his wife chuck him off the pub or something? No, yeah, he, yeah, he was murdered by his wife, wasn't he? Uh, chucked down hill. Chucked down hill. Uh, by, what was her name? Martine McCutcheon. Chucked, chucked him down hill. Wasn't Martine McCutcheon? It was no. Janine, wasn't it? She won't play by Jan- Martine McCutcheon. She was in league with, um, what's his face? Who's Janine? She the one with the... Frank Butcher's daughter. Yeah. That's my EastEnders impression. Yeah. Because Janine... Pet Frank. Pet. I love you, Pet. I love you, Pet. I love you, Frank. I love you. I love you, Pet. I love you. I fucking love you, Pat. Anyway. Mike Reed. Rest in peace, Mike Reed. <laughs> Mike Reed with his spinning bow tie. Whenever I think of him, I think of that bit from EastEnders with his spinning bow tie. I love you, Pat. And he's dead. Dead as a doornail. Anyway. Mike Reed's death. Anyway. So at the, at the funeral, Alex and Ian give each other a real shady look. They've only gone and nicked... They've only gone and nicked his body, like, immediately, because the next scene, they've got his body in a big load of, like, goo. And they're like, look at that. This is your new experiment, everybody at work. And they go, what, that, what is that? How, how did they do that? <laughs> were, they, were, like, the pallbearers loading the body up? And they were like, it's okay, lads. Yeah, we'll do this. It, we'll take this. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, look at this. I, I, I so, work in the funeral industry, just to let you yeah. know. That, that's not a feasible way of acquiring a body. If I walked up in a lab coat, it was like, it's all right, it's all right, Mark. <laughs> I need this. Um, I'll, uh, I'll take it from here. You have a break. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to bury him, yeah. I'll take him. I'll, I'll take bury him. him. Of course I will, yeah. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, quick work. Just go vending machine, mate. I'll, uh, I'll take yeah. it. So, Alex is like, this is your new project to all the other guys in the, in the science lab. And they're like, that looks really creepy. What is it? And he says, that's no way to talk about Carl. And he goes, what are you talking about? That's not Carl. And he goes, how did you get him that quick? He's like, I just did. I'm a shady, shady science man. Don't ask. I know people like Pam Greer. She sorts stuff out. I can get a body like that. Obviously, the scientists are upset about Alex. Alex's crazy, crazy science crimes. Maybe, right? Maybe. Because Carl's a scientist. Yeah. So if he's quite passionate about science stuff. Maybe he's like, maybe he donated his body to science. Maybe that was in his, like, will or something. I don't know, mate. So they were just like, oh, he's donated his body to science. We'll take it, because we're science. I don't know. I actually know someone who's done that. You have to donate your body to a university. Mm, Right. I don't think that's what Carl did, though, because he's pretty upset when he wakes up. I'll tell you that. They they probably went to the university and picked him up. Well... <laughs> so they stole no from a university. Yeah. Have you seen like security guards at university? They don't fucking do shit, do they? You just go oh, in that's true. <laughs> If I was walking out with a dead body at university and Wait. security bloke came up to me. Where are you going with that? I'm just gonna go pickle it for science. Yeah. I'm gonna turn it into a robot man. It's a uni thing, mate. While he's while they're all talking, Alex realises he's like, hang on a minute. I've just realised that everybody that works in this department, you do spacesuits, don't you? Like, yeah, I do spacesuits, computerised spacesuits. It's like, everyone here, we can b- combine this science and make 
an automated spaceman out of all of these bits. That's a brilliant idea, isn't it? And they go, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this. And he basically talks them all into it. So all we know, so this is what we know that they do do. This is what is definitely confirmed. Yeah. They do monkey rage. Monkey rage. Spacesuit. Spacesuit. Silicon. And cake fucking wrappings. Cake wrappings and or chips. Undisclosed chips. Environmentally chips. friendly cake wrappings. Yeah, right. Reusable. And this guy's like, if we put, if we actually combined all of this technology, we've got Robocop monkey rage. Robocop monkey man. Yeah. Yeah. He says, right, that's great. I'm glad you're all at, don't tell anyone about this. And from now on, this will be known as Project Frankenstein. They missed a shot by having a, should have been crack of lightning then, shouldn't they? Yeah, that would have been that excellent. Would have been that would have been good. Yeah. Bert, trustworthy Bert. Takes, takes Lauren home just to, to find out it's been ransacked. Somebody's been in. They've taken all of his files on his chips. He's like, fucking hell. This is bad. Lauren picks up a photo of her and Carl at happier times. She says, oh, Carl, you knew I was having a baby. You should have thought about that before exploding last night. <laughs> yeah, you should have thought of us. And then Catherine comes back, who's her housemate, terrifies everyone. Bert nearly kills her. Whoa. Oi. They're like, whoa, sneaking into a dark house. Calm down, Barry. Calm down, Buzz. Yeah. Also, there's a guy spying on the house. I like her, mate. Who's really obvious. She's like, she's into loads of new age Reiki and stuff. She is, yeah. Yeah, the guy, the guy who's spying on the house drives off in a car with a company logo on the side, so it's not very good spy, really, is he? <laughs> I didn't even spot that. This film is, this film is just really fucking lazy in a lot of places it's like it's like they turn you know like you turn up to work and you don't work particularly hard but you do good enough the yeah. acting's like that in this film as well <laughs> you know what this film is very culturally important <laughs> you know if we didn't have this film hack. you know if we didn't have this film we wouldn't have robocop and we wouldn't have the premise for 28 days later <laughs> yeah that's true yeah both those films, both those people like uh, I've seen this film Paul Verhoeven and Danny Boyle <laughs> both watched The Vindicator and they were like, fuck, you know, that's a good idea, that is. Together. He said, I'll have the monkeys, you have the robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what happened. Back in the lab. Have you see Paul Verhoeven and Danny Boyle movie nights? <laughs> Paul Verhoeven? Paul Verhoeven. I, I like the, the Paul, Ver, Paul Verhoeven Holy Trilogy. We need to do it. Jumbo Recall, uh, Recall, Showgirls, Robocop. Well, Star Oh, yeah, Stitch Up. It, it's a quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. Yeah. Also, the, when he explodes, and it looks like Total Recall. Yeah. Paul Verhoeven's all over this film. It's all Verhoeven in this <laughs> film. <laughs> right, so in the lab, Frankenstein is all in a silver suit. The space suit is very silver. And they say his body and his organs are completely non-functional. So they basically just dumped a corpse in a suit. <laughs> but with the suit's onboard computer, that will regulate the oxygenated fluid to his brain, guys, because that's science. His eyes are totally untouched. Thank God he was wearing goggles. So the only human part of him left is literally like a human. <laughs> his eyes in the shape of the goggles, his safety goggles. So safety first, guys. And there you go, wear your goggles. Wear your goggles. Do you know what? They always yeah. used to say that in science class. Well, you've probably seen this. Yeah, they always used to make me wear goggles all the time. 
Yeah. And I thought, how dangerous could it be? And then it turned out my science teacher was a diddler. Yeah. We have a signal from his brain. It's connected to the computer directly. And they switch him on. He's autonomous. It works. This Gail brings up a good point here. She says, I still don't quite understand why you connected the rage machine to the robot. Because that's that's asking for a world of trouble. He's like, if he senses any kind of threat, he'll, t he'll instantly turn into an uncontrollable killer. And Alex is, says, don't worry about that. I've got a remote control. So we can control him. It'll be fine. As long as we've got the remote control, I have the decision to trigger the rage. But the Hulk, it doesn't wake up. It doesn't wake up. His brain is refusing to connect to the computer. And Alex just says, you're all fucking shit. Gail, take this man apart and put him back together. You're all useless. I'll see you later when you've got an actual robot walking around the place. Gail, later that night, is working on Carl on her own. She's he's on the back, lying down. She takes the remote control off. The monkeys are restless, guys. <laughs> they can sense. They can something. sense something's going on. She takes the remote control over to her desk and she's working on it. Behind her, Carl sits up, bolt upright, like a foil-wrapped undertaker. He's alive, guys. He lives. <laughs> he says, "Carl, can you hear me?" He, he doesn't say anything. You just you can't see his face at this point. Said, you've had an accident, but you're all right. <laughs> He's not. He's really not all right, Gail. I just want to put this remote control back on you, and then everything will be fine. And he looks at her. She goes to put it on him, and he shoves her. He shoves her, and she falls onto a bank of switches, which, which releases all the monkeys. Oh, God. And, they, oh. and then the monkeys fucking attack her. <laughs> she gets monkeyed. She gets killed by monkeys. Karma. I mean... I gave this a love heart because the monkeys got their revenge. Yeah, security arrived though. Shoot all the monkeys, Mark. So it didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, that I, I got quite upset by them getting shot. I wanted them to escape. <laughs> security bloke. When it comes out, they just chuck a fucking stuffed monkey at him. He's like, ah! Oh! Just rolling around on the floor with it. And the fucking bloke shoots it off his head. Yeah, shoots it off. And he gets back up. And there's that shot of the monkey just face down, like a murder scene. He's just there like, oh, yeah. someone murdered the monkey. I didn't Gail's like there. that scene. Oh, it was hilarious. Gail's there, dead, covered in monkeys. <laughs> covered in monkeys. <laughs> I really didn't like monkeys. that scene. Carl is nowhere to be seen. Big silver Frankenstein. Nobody can see him. It's because he's gone up through the vent in the ceiling. Quick, quick, quick as you like. Like a rat up a pipe. Like was. a ferret. Like a ferret. He's out on the roof, clanking around, clanging and banging. Looking like a big silver scared robot. He's like, I need to get out of here. Jumps into the back of a bin lorry. A garbage truck for our international listeners. In the back of that. Gone. The garbage truck goes off, drives away, drives up to the incinerator, dumps him into the incinerator. Boom, you're on fire, mate. That's it. His silver costume, gone. Big, built, melted away. But now he looks like a fucking... That reminded me of Robot Wars. Robot Wars? Yeah. You mean a wooga, a wooga Robot Wars with the... Uh... Craig Charles. Craig Charles, Craig yeah. Charles, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember, like, Robot Wars? There was, like... Someone, someone came in, they had this like really tall robot that they made. 
and it had just like silver wrapping all over it. <laughs> and if you remember, one of the one of the house robots in Robot Wars, Sergeant Bash. Oh, maybe yeah. yeah. And he had a he had a flamethrower on him, mm-hmm. so he just fucking sparked him right up, and it was brilliant. You see, I thought it was Sir Killalot that had a flamethrower. No, because Sir Killalot was the really big one with tank tracks that just had two um, pincer hands. Where well, had a drill hand and a pincer hand. You know, I could never really enjoy Robot Wars because the teams on it, it was like a dad and a load of kids, and he's ruined their school holidays by making them make robots in the shed. <laughs> That's not what it always was. Competitive dads. It was mostly it was mostly like engineering nerds just making remote control cars with drills on them. Yeah. Okay. Or flippers. Flippers. Yeah. Remote control cars with flippers on them. Yeah. So yeah, he gets all of his silver, silver foil burnt off of him in the incinerator. It, the firms burn it away, but now he looks like a fucking super badass robot man. He looks amazing with all of his stuff, and he clomps out into the city night. He bursts open the doors of the incinerator <laughs> and uh, just clomps off into the city. He's having flashbacks of his demise. He remembers seeing the shady figure of Beardy Ian in the in the office. He's like, I remember that Ian bastard. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get Ian. He's a prick. <laughs> when so when he came out of the fire, that was cool as fuck. Yeah, it was. That was yeah. cool. That, that earned a legitimate love heart. That was really fucking cool. I love how there's always a love heart and legitimate love yeah. heart. I, I mean it. Do you know on your notepad, do legitimate love hearts look different from normal love hearts? No, they don't. They just look like a love heart. Back at the lab, Alex is panicking because the robot man's gone missing. And he's asking the security, he says, has anybody gone in out of here? He says, no. Oh, apart from a garbage truck, that's just gone. He went, oh, could it be that? And the, and the security guard says, no, because the chemicals and the fire, we'd be dead by now if he'd gone in that garbage truck, if he was a human man. Problem is, lads, he's not, he's not a human man anymore. Beardy Ian's there, and he's like, fucking hell, I told you it worked. I told you he would live. He says, yeah, at what cost? He's, he, Gail's dead, for one. There's dead people everywhere. All the monkeys are fucking murdered. No monkeys left. They're like, and the fucking remote control's still here. Gail still had the remote control. So he's wandered off. Ian says, how the fuck do we control him? Alex says, that's what I'm talking about, mate. We can't. We're in the shit. The other guy says, sloppy. This is very sloppy. <laughs> says we need to find him fast because if anyone touches him, the onboard wage computer will kick in and he will kill. <sighs> seems a bit impractical to add monkey rage. Why did they put it in in the first place? Also, how does the monkey rage work then? It just, I don't know. Because they said it's a program. Yeah, so it's the, monkeys monkey the monkeys weren't robots. No, they weren't, but they were. It's the is it the organics? Does it does it play with the organics of is the it cyborg? Like a brain chip? No, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is the chip. Hey, <clears throat> maybe it's not supposed to make sense. Only no. good films make sense. This is tat. Yeah. You, you can't expect it to actually make sense. Come on. No. Frankenstein is staring into a shop window full of puppets, masks, marionettes, creepy dolls. They seem to be mocking him and laughing, and he sees his own reflection, and he's like, I am the same. I am Puppet Man now. 
And he smashes, he goes, no, he smashes up the window and walks off into the city night. There's nobody there apart from three fucking street punks on motorbikes. They see him and they say, hey, man, look at that dude over there. Don't you know these streets ain't safe at night? And nice he goes, night for a walk. Yeah. And he walks off and he goes, hey, jerk off. 1980s, love it. He says, hey, jerk off, where you going? And one of the punks says, I'm running low on money. I need to take care. I need to make a little withdrawal. So they're going to rob the robot man. He goes down an alleyway. They follow him down an alleyway and he hides like a fox. <laughs> like a wily fox. They can't find him. <laughs> street punks got a fucking chain, mate. That's how you know they're street punks. These street punks, these street punks, I, 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 they earned a love heart. And um, in my notes, I've referred to them as ADR bikers. Yeah. When they're looking for them, they say, get your ass out here, turkey. <laughs> they're, they're, they're so bad. The, the ADR is the worst in the whole film. And the whole film is bad for ADR. And I, I just loved it. It, it. it made me just made me smile how bad the ADR was. They find the robot man hiding in the in the dark like a fox. Mm. And they say, holy shit, man, trick or treat. He looks like the Silver Surfer. He does not look does like not, the Silver no, Surfer. No. So the the says, Silver yeah. Surfer needs to be silver. That's the quintessential thing about the Silver Surfer is that he's silver. The, the outfit's black. Yeah. And, and Charles, he was silver. Maybe it was, this line was written before he was actually got, got the, uh, the suit burnt off him. I never thought about that, so he would have looked like the Silver Surfer. <laughs> they didn't change the script. Maybe someone like later on was like, yeah, but wouldn't it be cool if we just burnt him and made him look like a scary Robocop? Yeah. Yeah, I bet that's what happened. <laughs> so, yeah, they say, so this is the last goddamn costume party this guy's ever going to go to. And he gets his chain, and he whacks, he whacks, he whacks, it's not Robocop, he whacks Frankenstein with a chain, but the alarm goes off, guys. The rage is activated. And he fucking murders the street punks. The last one, he crushes his head like a melon. Wait, yeah. When does when does <coughs> the word vindicator come in? It doesn't. Nobody calls him the vindicator. At no point does it ever refer to the vindicator. The word vindicator is literally only in the title. Huh. I think but it's because it was supposed to be Frankenstein 88. And there was, just like Frankenstein 80, isn't there? So that's probably why they didn't call it that here and in America. The but the, 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 the death of the bikers, they're a little bit dull. The, even mm. the melon squish was a bit dull because it was inside a helmet. And <clears> zero <throat> sympathy, these horrible, horrible people, a completely unprovoked attack on someone just for money. And I was like, yeah, good. Dead. Yeah, dead. Good. Dead. The rage subsides. I know we don't feel bad for it, but Carl, he feels guilty when he's looking at this dead, smushed-up street punk in front of him. He's like, shit, I can't remember doing that. It's popped him like a lighty. Yeah. Back at the office, it's still stressed out. Ian says, beardy Ian, he's like, you should never have wanted to play God. <laughs> that's, the, that's the line that you always get in these films, which is all right. Mm. You should never play God. Back at home. Lauren is trying to relax in a bath because she's had a horrible couple of days. She hears odd noises like, Lauren, Lauren. <laughs> so what's that noise? Catherine, is Catherine dicking about downstairs with some hippie shit? So she's like, Catherine? It's not Catherine, she's asleep. Probably high on ganja. <laughs> <laughs> she's habitually smoking marijuana cigarettes. Wacky backy. So she's like, all right, I'll leave her to sleep. 
I'll go and have a look. She's like, what is that? And she, Marvin. Marvin. She's like, I can't, I can't make out that sound. It's just like, Lauren. It's like, somebody's saying my name. It's like, hello, who's there? Hit me. <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> what? Stay away from Alex White. He made me a killer. So, Carl is... It wasn't Metal that. fucking Mickey. <laughs> It was, pretty, it was pretty cliched, but it wasn't quite Metal Mickey, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he goes back to the house. It's a good job he didn't fix that ground wire on the keyboard, isn't it? Because yeah. now he's communicating with the house through it like this. Don't talk to Alex White. He says, these made me a killer. He's like, what do you need, Carl? What do you need? He says, I need to talk to Honest Bert. Tell Trustworthy Bert to meet me in the old warehouse. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> to meet me in the old warehouse tonight. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. Now, Alex is having his secretary just cover... I noticed how... I was thinking, out of the, all of these crimes, he keeps sending his secretary, who just looks a little bit like Joan Collins, to go down to the police and just lie to them. Go, yeah, I told him it was something else. And they're getting away with it. They're just going, okay, then, Mrs. whatever, Mrs. Secretary. That's fine. She says, we, we, nothing's going to link us to those kids. The police will think it's street punk activity. She said, I don't understand why Carl killed those people. So to explain how it all works, Alex stands up and just slaps her around the face. She's like, what the fuck did you do that for? She said, well, that's you responding to being touched. That's what's happened, basically. (laughs) 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 She just sat You just, yeah. You just went, you didn't like that, did you? You didn't like, yeah. You didn't like that. Yeah. And she basically (laughs) says, well, it's fucking slaps that and he says like she's basically says to him well, why did you put that in it that's really stupid <laughs> and he says oh about the rage machine he says it's all right i've got remote control she says where's that I said, well it's not attached to attach the screen <laughs> oh the 80s yeah he did fuck up this didn't he yeah he said well why did you take such a big risk out alex there was so much to lose and he says but if i'd have won if I could control him, there would be so much to gain. And he looks really stressed, so he sits down and he says, I think it's time to bring in the hunter. <laughs> He's bringing someone in. Now, the hunter. Alex goes to see the hunter, and she's doing Bushido kendo stick stuff. Awesome. And he's kneeling in their dojo, waiting for it to finish. She takes off her mask and reveals, ladies and gentlemen, it's Tap, Starlet, Hollywood superstar, Pam Greer. Nice. And she says, this job's going to cost you more than time, Alex. And he says, yeah, I know that. Oh, yes, there's loads of dead monkeys all over the place. <laughs> Can we just get it sorted? Frankenstein is asleep in a junkyard in a, like a VW van, just having a kip in a junkyard. And he's woken up by the sounds of a child playing, playing Star Wars games, playing sci-fi Star Trek outside. Space Commander. Space Commander. Chucking rocks. So he goes out and he says... Wait, space commander. He's like, I'm all right. I'm an A. He talks to the kid. He's not going to say, I'm a, I'm a dead man in a spacesuit. I've been reanimated. Don't touch me. I'll rip you to pieces. So he just says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a spaceman. And the kid says, do you know E.T.? And he says, yeah, I do. Yeah. And he says, oh, brilliant. Well, in that case, I'll show you what, somewhere to hide. And the kid comes over and he says, don't touch me. I'm full of monkey rage. <laughs> so he shows him, where to, shows him where to hide. Now, we noticed this when we watched this last night. You never see that kid again. No. No. Do you think the kid touched him 
and he, he killed him in a monkey rage. No, Frankenstein. No. It's 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 a comparable to Frankenstein. Yeah, he's a little girl by the lake, pushes her in, laughs at her. You reckon he dashed her in the river? Dashed her in the river like Boris Karloff. So this whole can't be touched thing. Yeah. I am um, maybe it is a sign of the times we're living in. But in my notes, I've put social distance cyborg zombie. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, social distance. Maybe it's very topical. Very topical. Don't come near me! Don't come near me! Yeah, it, it, it felt... Perhaps, I don't know, it kind of hit a nerve with me. I was like, this is kind of like how everyone thinks at the moment because they have to social distance. And it, it's perhaps not quite as alien a concept as it might have been a few months back. <laughs> Mm, yeah, this is true. Didn't I tell you this was culturally important? Told you. Yeah, we did. You said that earlier. Predates on. all of the things. All of the things. It's science in a nutshell, this film should be called. Science in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lauren goes home to find Catherine doing some hippie voodoo stuff at home. She's trying to... She said, like, she's like, I've been talking to Carl. So she's got it in her head, like, it's the ghost of Carl. Come back. She's doing some Reiki. So she's like... She's got candles out. She's trying to contact the dead. But he's not dead. Well, he is. He's undead. He's undead. She's trying to contact the dead. Lauren comes in and she says, look, I told you, I'm not mad. He talks through the keyboard. He's not a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) He's talking, yeah, he talks through the keyboard. Be sensible about it. Like someone is still spying on the house, waiting for Carl to show up at the house because, you know, he likes to talk to the keyboard <laughs> to give her messages. When Catherine leaves, she goes up, she tidies all the candles away. She's like, I'm just trying to help. This is how I'm helping you. She's like, I appreciate that. Go to bed with the hippie nonsense. When Catherine leaves, as soon as she leaves, maybe next time I should give Catherine a fright. He's fucking gaslighting her. He could have said something. <laughs> I can see you. I can see you, Catherine. <laughs> I can see you when you're hippie at candles. But he doesn't. He's silent. I mean, at least he's still got a sense of humour. He's just still dicking his mates around. Why would he? Well, I don't know. Sort Catherine. Right. She tells Carl that she's been to see White at the office. and going, what did you do that for? <laughs> Why did you go to see White? He said, absolutely. I've seen your death. But Barry from EastEnders showed me your death on the CCTV footage. And they're like, why is he showing you that? <laughs> well, I don't know. So, well, well, the people outside are listening in on the conversation because they can, you know, tune into the the same frequency as the synthesizer and listen to because that's you know that's crime science. That is good crime science. Yes, good crime science. She says, "Yeah, I saw the video. You're definitely dead." And they showed me your death certificate, and he's like, "Who signed that?" He said, "It was Beardy Ian," and he's like, "Fucking Beardy Ian!" Right, I knew it was him. I told you, it was him in the office looking down at me. He's going to pay him. I'm going to pay him a visit of death. Is that is that how it works, Mark? If you sign the death certificate, you get possession of the body. Yeah. Funnily enough, no. Well, I thought you were going to go. Actually, actually yeah. <laughs> this is this no. is the time, this is the second time this week I've heard a story like this. <laughs> Just. I really hope that I never hear any story, anything like this. Have you ever lost a body, Mark? No. No, I have not. Although I am not a funeral director, the body is not my responsibility. Oh. 
40 minutes, 20 seconds, lads. First boobs. Beardy Ian. You know he's a dickhead douchebag. We know that anyway. We've, we've got an inkling of that because he's signing death certificates, pickling men. Do you know what I mean? We see him at home. He's in a dressing gown, sat on the edge of bed, doing bumps of cocaine with a lady with her top off. And he just... Wait a second. That's just Robocop again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Bitches leave. Bitches leave. Yeah. So, yeah, he's doing cocaine with this girl. She seems really nice, to be fair. But he, he says... He stands up and says, I've got some thinking to do. And he stands up and he says, why don't you get lost? He's a horrible heel of a man. I hope he gets killed by a robot. But this is what I was on about earlier on. They do a bloody good job of setting this guy up as a horrible man, don't they? Mm. True. Hoodlum gangster types are guarding the house. While all this is going on, Carl emerges from the sewers. But underneath the car, did you notice when he lifts up, lifts up the first sewer, sewer hole... Man it's got the car. It's got the car wheel on top of it. So he puts it down and goes out of another one. <laughs> Fucking Beardy Ian, the douchebag, won't even give the girl cab fare home. He says, I'm not a goddamn bank, honey. Get the bus. He's a prick. And she's like, fuck you, mate. She's like, gives him some back. Says, you're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. And on the way out, she smashes up an antique vase, smashes up some shit, shouts up the stairs. I tell you what, mate. I tell you what, mate. I fucking hate you. And she goes and she waits for the bus. She's waiting for the bus. She stands at the bus stop for this whole scene. <laughs> Shady Ian goes back upstairs. No sooner as he's turned around, but pff, here he is. Frankenstein's downstairs. And he's like, oh, my God, Carl, you're, you're alive. I saved your life. And he's like, not really, mate. You, you stole my body and pickled me and put me in a robot. I'm not happy with you. Ian runs upstairs. He hides at the bedroom. Carl goes in. He says, how do I stop it? How do I stop the killing? He says, it's the programming in the suit. I programmed in monkey rage. Douchey and starts shooting at Frankenstein. He's like, fucking get out of the way, Carl. He's like, don't fucking touch me. Monkey rage. And he shoots him and he runs off. And he hides in a room against the wall. And then <laughs> Frankenstein bushes his arms through the wall, like the scene in Robocop, where he, where he uh, saves the man. He bursts through the wall, grabs him with both arms, Obviously, now he's touched the man, so his, his alarm goes off. He's full of the monkey rage. So he ultimately worries him above his head and chucks him out the window. And he lands face first in the guard's car, squashed like a fly on the windshield. Yeah, but, but anyway, the head through the windscreen earned a love heart because oh, that was oh. quite good, actually. I thought that was quite gruesome and well done. It was so good, they used it again in Robocop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it was a massive bell end. He deserved it. Good. Yeah. Do you notice how many people get chucked through glass in Robocop? A lot. A lot of people get chucked through glass. Like, there's, there's one scene... Chucking him through windows. There's one scene just completely dedicated to chucking someone through multiple windows. Yeah, there is, yeah. Do you know what? Someone getting chucked through a window is one of the most exciting things that you can see. Do you know what the word for that is? What? Defenestration is the word for throwing someone through a window. Really? Yeah. Defenestration? Yeah. That was a band. It was. That was one of the first bands I ever saw at the Vic. I probably played at that show. Really? In fact, I wouldn't. When you were Beef Claw? No, no. That was when I was a DJ. When I was in my my band. That's what defenestration is. Yeah, they had a girl singing, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Chucking someone through a window. Yeah, that's what it means. It's the most exciting thing ever, seeing someone die through a window, isn't it? It is it's a good good. Well, it depends on the circumstances. I mean, I've got quite a lot of experience with things like that in real life. It's amazing. Have you ever watched um, Hard Boiled? 
Yes, of course. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of windows in that, isn't there? It's got a triple window dive. Because someone, someone dives through a window and shoots at someone else, and he dives through a window to get away from him. So he dives through another window to catch him up. And it just has a triple window dive. They're just diving through windows whilst fighting each other. So John Woo. Oh, God, that film's amazing. Oh, I need to watch some John Woo. Get some Woo on. Can we watch Hard Boiled? We can. Oh, only if we can watch Face Off. It's Come one on. of the most high-octane films I've ever seen. And it's got loads of window diving. Hang on, guys. Why haven't we done Face Off yet? Because it's too good. What are you on about? It's brilliant. Well, yeah, but it's still, we do good films and bad films. Do you remember when, like, the, they had a triple threat for their hardcore title and it was Big Show and Kane and Raven? Oh, and he took Raven through the window. Raven got pegged through a window. Yeah. That was the most exciting thing I'd ever seen. That was WrestleMania 17. Was it 17? Yes. I always thought it was a weird match. It was like, what's Raven doing there? Raven. Oh! <laughs> like, what was Raven doing there? Going through a window. Kane, Kane, Kane and Big Show. Being defenestrated, that's what was happening. In fact, no, it should be. What are Kane and the Big Show doing there in a hardcore match? Yeah, but they're two, like, fucking massive dudes. And then there's just Raven, like, come on then, lads. Bless him. Ah! Yeah, he is the hardcore dude, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. Not the Big Show. Not the Big Show. Well, Frankenstein is hiding in the sewer system. Pam Greer is going to go in to get him. She's like, I'm going down there. Where's it? I'm going, he's going in the south, so get, someone get me a map, we'll sort this out, and bring me that girl witness who says that she saw the robot, all this going down, who was in there doing coke with Beardy Ian, takes her in a car, knocks her off, just kills her, so, tell me what happened with Beardy Ian, she starts telling her, stabs her in the neck, dead, Oof. Oof, gone, getting rid of people like that. She puts together a team to flush out Carl from, from the sewers, now they haven't told the team, or Pram Greer for this uh, matter, that it is actually a robot man down there. They've told it. Kessler says, oh, it's a nutcase in a space suit. We just need the suit back. So we can't, the reason we haven't got bullets is because it's pointless. So I've given you some guns that fire concentrated acid. So just fire at his joints, shoot me in the knees. You'll go down like a sack of shit. And then you re- realise as well, they get out of the van. So all these 15 people are in this tiny van as well, which was- <laughs> It's like a boardroom, and then the van door opens. (laughs) And they all inconspicuously get down into the sewers with guns and stuff, looking around, doing the very good eye acting. Mind you, there was a lot of good eye acting in this film from the Vindicator himself. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I agree with that. Credit where credit's due. He was given a fucking impossible task, act with your eyes. And he actually kind of did all right with that. Fair play. I noticed as well. That he had a little nose and mouth. Yeah, yeah. A little sad mouth, didn't he? Yeah, a little... Uh, he was constantly sh- shocked about everything. You know, the thing about that, like you said, um, Mark, that's something that really, really annoyed me after the uh, Robocop remake. Who was the guy who played Robocop in that? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've not seen it. Because it was a flop and nobody liked it. Yeah. Right? And afterwards, he was making excuses for it, for his part in it. And he said, well, you can't really act with, like, this helmet on and all you can see is your mouth. How dare you? Like, there's not much acting that goes into that. And it's like, fuck you. What was it? Peter Weller? Yeah. He did loads of, like, mind training and stuff so that he could get the movement down and all this kind of shit. He trained vigorously for the Robocop role. Yeah, everyone did for doing He acted the fucking shit out of that. Arnold Schwarzenegger in the first Terminator. 
Perfect, perfect robot yeah. acting. That's it, you know what I mean? That is it. Carl Urban in Dread. He just exactly. wears a helmet and exactly. you can just see his mouth. What are you talking about, new Robocop? And he burns through the His name film. was Joel Kinnaman, the, the, the bad Robocop. Yeah, he just made it. He just said. He it. had a human head and a human hand. What's the point of that? Yeah, he had more human bits than the original Robocop. And he's like, well, you can't really act, can you, with that helmet on? You've got a full face there, mate. I can see everything. Yeah. And your hand. My mouth rubbish. He could do sign language. He can be like Italian. Mm. And again, even in this film, the body acting, when it came to being in that suit, showing how frustrated he was and how angry he was, there was some good... And, you know, he was scared in that thing where you described him as hiding like a fox. The body acting was pretty good. I I, I can be really critical when we watch Atat, but the actor who played... Frankenstein got a lot right and did pretty well actually. The rest yeah. of the acting was fucking wretched, but he oh, was Pam all right. Greer. Pam Greer is amazing. Yeah, Pam, Pam Greer was brilliant. You're right. I did enjoy Pam. So yeah, he says like we we've got you this acid because the suit's impervious. Let's get down and kill this robot man. So the team go down from their inconspicuous van, but there's no sign of him. I can't find him for ages. At one point, they have a little bit of a comedy situation. Where they split into two and they find each other. <laughs> oh god! But uh, while they're while they're looking around, Pam she spots she spots Robot Man down there. But she's she's good at this kind of shit. So what she does is she says, "All right, Robot Man's definitely not down here. Let's go." And she like fake clomps away, like you do when you're trying to get. It's like when you're trying to get the kids to bed, and you're like, "I'm going downstairs now," and then you hear them put the PlayStation back on. It's like that. And as soon as he pops out of the alleyway, she turns around with the, with the torch and goes, Hey, Spaceman! Because <laughs> then from this point on, she just calls him Spaceman. I see you there, Spaceman. Let's take it nice and easy. <laughs> so they fire acid at him. He stands still. He says, We're not going to hurt you. We're not going to hurt you. But she lies in his face, in his robot face, because he freezes. And then they fire hot acid at him. And in response to this, he pulls down a gas pipe. And then he rips out an electric unit from the wall and he causes a fireball and he blows up the sewer system <laughs> that was pretty awesome yeah. it was pretty cool considering that at this point he's going he's overcome by monkey rage yeah that's a pretty calculated move yeah the rage you can see through the mist and have you ever in a blind rage put two things together like macgyver to make an efficient weapon i don't think i have no 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 i probably couldn't put my shoes on in the blind rage if i'm honest so the, um, he blows up the whole sewer system, including the van on the top, because the first manhole goes up. The stupid van was parked on the other manhole, and the van just blows up, so he kills everyone, apart from Pam Greer, instantly. And while this is going on, he sees his own reflection. I'm talking about body acting. He realises he is a beast. He takes his mask off. He sees his own face, and he's like, no! He does all that acting in the sewers, doesn't he? He throws his arms up. I think I'd have been pretty upset about being 90% robot even before yeah. I discovered I got ugly face so being 90% robot would be awesome no oh. oh. depends Pat's what 90% right. yeah it does what if it was like you're all robot apart from a human cock <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there or just you? one boob let's just talk about penis you see I did it subtly Whereas you just said it completely and utterly explicitly, didn't you? Pam survived the, the whole explosion in the sewers, and she got in a jeep and hot-tailed it to the office 
she bursts into Alex's office. Well, well, before she gets in there, her secretary, Alex's secretary, is telling her, telling him about more shady things that she's been down to the police and covered up. She says, "I told told the police that Beardy Ian and his girlfriend have gone to Hawaii or something." And uh, the other guys told the police that they've just gone on holiday. So there's people dropping dead everywhere. And, she, and we, they just keep sending her over to the police. By the way, t- by the way, we've not even heard about this one yet. Oh, by the way, um, yeah. you're going to hear that so-and-so's gone missing. He's on holiday. He's not gone missing. He's definitely not dead. <laughs> so, yeah, Pam bursts in. She says, who do you think you're joking around? She puts like acid gun to, to Alex. Alex is like, put down the gun. She says, screw you. I lost two of my best men down there in the sewer fire. He says, what's going on? That is no nutcase in a space suit. I want to know what the fuck you did to him. Wait, she lost two of her best men? Yeah. She had like... She had loads of people down there. Yeah, I lost two of my best men. The rest of them were fucking idiots. (laughs) (laughs) She says, I want to know everything. Tell me everything or I'm out. So they show Pam the video of like robot science. They say, look at this hand crushing metal that's how we did it look at it we said we could have made it stronger but we would have had to made a more powerful bench to put the arm on no no they said oh how strong is it yeah we're like we don't know how strong it is because it crushed that but then we would have had to make a stronger bench in order to test it even more so we actually don't know how strong it is so she says you've made a robot arm and you don't know how strong it is (laughs) says well (sighs) i'm starting to think this is a bit of a fucking it's a bit of a fuck about this. It's a bit of a fuck. I'm starting to think these scientists couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery. She says, well, congratulations. It looks like you guys have created one hell of a killing machine. And you've made it virtually impossible. Nice one. He says, well, Hunter, there's something I've never seen before. Something you're afraid of. And she says, anyone in their right mind would be afraid of that thing down there. But there's a man inside that. A human man. And I've never lost to a human man in my entire life. I'm going to fight the robot. She's going to fucking... I'm doing it. Lauren's at home playing gloomy songs on the synth that she talks to her husband through. (laughs) And Spies is still outside. Spies is still outside listening. So she's playing away, talking to uh, Catherine. And all of a sudden, they hear this sound. Luckily, she's recorded it on an old reel-to-reel. She said, did you... Stop, 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 Catherine. Did you hear that sound? It sounded like talking at a different speed. So they rewind it and she slows it down. And it's a, is it a riddle? It's a, it's a rhyme about like, you're my wife, we're in strife. Go down the church, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> wife. It, yeah. Has he tried to do a riddle to, to hide the fact? It says like. But it's not a riddle, it's, it's just rhymes. It's like, oh, I'm your, you're my wife. I'll meet me at the church. <laughs> that's it. So the, the, that's the really that he was his wife. He was. She was his wife. So why do you need to tell her that bit? Well, because someone else might have listened to it and gone, "Oh, I'm not his wife. Yeah, I'm not his wife. No, no, no what if Catherine had it? That's not. That's not for me. No, that's not for me. Yeah, yeah. just walk off. But Catherine did. Catherine knows because then they they form a ruse. Catherine dresses as L- Lorraine, Lauren, not Lorraine. Dresses as Lorraine, Lauren. <laughs> Lorraine. <laughs> And drives off, and then the spies, they're like, yeah, she's going, I'm going to follow her. When should they follow? As soon as they're gone, Lauren goes out the back, nips through the bushes, and she hides, she goes, she hot-tails it to the church through the bushes. Carl is hiding in the church, and he says, don't come any closer, please, and do not want you to see me. 
and don't touch me because of the rage. It's dangerous, really dangerous. Carl, Carl, he says, I'm not Carl anymore. He gets really, really shouty. He's like, I'm not Carl. I don't know what I am anymore. Get away from me. I'm a machine. She says, I love you, Carl. She says, you can't love this. I'm a robot. He says, you need to get Bert to come and meet me at the warehouse. Trustworthy Bert. I trust the salt of the earth. He knows where to meet me. Secret warehouse. He says, yeah. She said, yeah, I'll tell him. She says, don't look at me. She comes around the corner. She says, oh, bloody hell, Carl. You're a right mess. Who's done this? Who's done this to you? And he's like, no, I told you not to look at me. I'm a monster. She goes over to try to give him a hug. And he's like, I told you about the monkey rage. Get rid. And he jumps off the <laughs> he jumps off the balcony. He jumps off the balcony of the church and just crashes to the ground and runs off. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. That bit was good, but were you a little bit underwhelmed by how he wasn't particularly horrifying underneath the mask? Oh yeah, because he takes he shows it, doesn't he? He takes it, he says, How can you love this? Takes the mask off. He he's just a corpse in a space suit. Well, it you wasn't can too bad. He's like he's, like he's a skull head. Yeah. Thank God he was wearing goggles. Do you know what? I did think it was underwhelming. I think you're right, Mark. But I think it's partly because it was so badly lit. Yeah. You couldn't really no see big. it. Yeah. So, yeah, so. reveals his real face and then jumps off, runs off into the night. Don't touch me because of the monkey rage. Lauren, true to her word, goes to see Bert, tells him. She's like, I'm, I am not mad. I told you about he was talking through the keyboard before. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own human eyes now. He's just a corpse in a spacesuit. And Bert's like, wait a minute. Everyone at work's been going on about a spacesuit going missing. I, I reckon this is it. I'll, I'll look into it for you. And she says, oh, I'm sorry I didn't believe you. I'm sorry I didn't believe you before. But I'm trustworthy, Bert. I'll help you now. She says, oh, thank God, Bert. He really needs your help. Hey, now, Bert. Hey, Bert. Hey, Bert. So Bert goes to meet Carl at the old warehouse. It's dark. He's in there. And he's like, Carl, are you here, Carl? He says, no offence, Bert, but I really should have gone and got those coffees. <laughs> Again, he's got a sense of humour. You can see the funny side of this. And Bert's shocked to see him. He's like, you are alive, Frankenstein man. He says, yeah, I am. He says, uh, "What? Well, I need your help, though. I need something. I need research data on uh, White's secret project. He is White's secret project. Why does he need the data on it when he's the man? He's, he's there. So he's like, yeah, OK, I'll get it for you. Oh, by the way, Bert says... Lauren says hello. She's written you this lovely letter. I know I can't touch you, so I'm just going to leave it here on the floor. I'm going to step back, and Carl goes, yeah, fine, thanks for that, mate. I really can trust you, can't I? You're a top, top pal. I'll come over and pick that letter. Picks up the letter. Bosh! Falls through the floor. It's a trap, lads. It's a fucking trap. Bert was in on it all along. Carl goes through the floor, falls into a, a tank full of goo, and it, it sets... He sets and he's stuck in resin. And then the next scene is Pam Gray going, that resin is set real hard. And they, they're shipping him off. They captured him like a Batman villain. He falls into a vat of resin. Yeah. That sets. It sets. Yeah, that's how they catch him. That is Saturday morning super villainry. Yeah. Little bit. Yeah, he's got him in a tank of, tank of goo. Bastard Bert. Fucking Bert. I knew he was a cunt all along. So it turns out the goo is resin and it's set, hardened, trapping Carl inside like insects in amber in Jurassic Park. Pam Greer and the other baddies have got the blocks with him inside and he's a sitting duck. He's like, there you go. 
Mr. White's one spaceman delivered in a block. He's like, well, that was pretty easy, wasn't it, Pangria? She's like, you didn't have to do it. But it took, what I loved about this as well, the, the first two are talking for about 30 seconds. You can't see Bert. And then Bert steps in and he's just standing behind Alex. It's like, <laughs> that was easy, wasn't it, Bert? And he's like, well, <laughs> I've been on it all the time. He says, he says, I'm just glad it's all over, Bert says. Alex says, yeah, but it's not, though, mate. There's one more loose end that I need you to tie up. He says, what's that? Lauren, mate, get rid. He's like, you didn't tell me anything about that. You didn't tell me anything about killing Lauren. He's like, do you like your new shiny job? He says, yeah, of course I do. Well, get that wife killed then. We can't have it. He's like, all right, I'll go do it then. Uh, but the baddies, the other baddies, are driving the truck with the resin block in it back to the lab to do experiments on the car to find out why he's gone bonkers. But the block starts shifting around <laughs> in the back of the... How the fuck yeah. does he do this? He starts shifting the block around, causing the van, causing the truck to crash off a ravine. But it explodes before it leaves the ravine. Yeah, the moment it goes through the fender, it just, it's fucking bursts into flames. Bursts into a I'm, ball of flames. I'm sure it comes to no one's surprise that the Explodium <laughs> truck earned a love heart from me. And yeah. I am a fan of Explodium. Oh, it went up a tree, didn't it? It does. The, the, it the, these out. people, when will they learn that you can't make things out of Explodium because yeah. things happen? <laughs> yeah, things like this happen. What it's, are they? What are they? Beneficial qualities of explodium I don't know. and they use it in everything. Don't know, mate. They People do houses out of it, trucks. I mean, it might have been the fence. Either way, something explodium. The fence was explodium. Yeah. Let's just get the motorway and just put explodium fences down the side of it, just to make things more interesting. Well, the truck goes over. Obviously, it's all on fire. Now, heat plus resin equals liquid equals freedom for the robot man. Done. <laughs> yeah, he's done. He's out. He's out of it. Safe. That was his plan all along. Do you reckon he knew? They were yeah. putting him in. He's in the resin. He's like, wait a minute. I'm going to wobble about. This truck is made of explodium. <laughs> like, he's, like he's Adam West. I, I, I don't care. I just love it. I love it when there's a big-ass explosion, but it's not a real... That, that, that's not how explosions work. Don't care. But <laughs> Bert has taken the, Alex's shady mission on and goes to see Lauren. And he lies to her. He says, Carl's dead. I went to see Carl. By the time I got there, his suit ruined and he was dead. I'd definitely not put him in resin. And she's like, well, what? what? He's dead? And she said, yeah, he's dead. That's it. That's it. Sorry, he's finished. And he hugs her. And then when he's hugging her, he goes bad. He goes weird. And he says, we can get away from here, Lauren. I'll look after you. I will be a good father to your child. And she's How like, what? insanely sinister yes. has he suddenly become? <laughs> It was so, really, was really about? creepy. Really yeah, sucking yucky. And he just, he says, I've been in the, been on it for the whole thing, right from the start, because I love you, and I want you to steal Carl's family, get him out of the way. Well, that's what he wanted, which is really creepy. And she, she tries to run away, ends up getting attacked. She, she, she strang he's strangling her with a phone cord. Yes. Catherine comes home. Strangling her with a phone cord. Whilst he's slobbering on yeah, her face. Yeah, licking her face and stuff. Oh. It was a genuinely unpleasant watch. But I, I, I did yeah. feel that it was supposed to be. It came yeah, across yeah. really, really dark from a film that had been a little bit campy up to that point. But this scene was genuinely chilling for all the yeah. right reasons, for the reasons it was supposed to be. But it was almost incongruous because yeah. the rest of the film was so tatty. It was the it was the look on his face that really yeah. creeped me out. Yeah, he so while, was. 
he was great in well you know what i mean the actor was great at portraying real evil in this scene it was he was, it was almost phenomenally well done while he's attacking lauren Catherine comes back and she's like, oh, oh, God, I'll leave you guys to it. When we were watching it, we're like, Catherine, how could, what's going on? But it turns out it's a ruse. And she saves Lauren. She kicks the shit out of a creepy bird. I, I was the same. I was like, fucking kill him. Stab him in the back of the fucking head. <laughs> but she jumps down the stairs and kicks the shit out of him. And she, she saves does. Lauren. She's like, look, Lauren. And Lauren's like, thank God. Oh, she gives him a right shoey. Yeah. We're like, right, we need to get out of here. You wait here. I'm going to go and open the door to safety. Opens the door to Pam Greer. Snap! Twists her neck and she's just dead. God, yeah. Brutal. Twists her head like a chicken. That yeah. scene really did kind of grab my attention after being distracted by what was a very throwaway film. I think the intensity... I'm not even sure they meant it to be quite as... Well, the, the really harrowing time. as it was, you know. Bar yeah. Barry's acting was too good. Yeah, Barry from EastEnders, he knocks Lauren out. Oh, he chins her. Chins her. So it, Pam Greer's like, get the girls in the car, go and dump the car in the lake. Go on, Barry, get in the car. And he goes off. He goes off to drive drive away and to dump the unconscious body of Lorraine and the dead body of, of lovely Catherine into the into the river. And in the headlights, what does he see? He sees Carl, the robot of justice. And he's like, right, I'm going to run into you. Good bit of eye acting now. And he's like, oh, yeah, Bert, I know now. Now we know, don't we, Bert? You put me in the fucking goo. You put me in the goo and you tried to steal my wife. I'm going to have you. He goes up and he crushes the car. Folds it up. Folds it up like a packet of crisps. Like an accordion. Lauren manages to get out. And this is quite, quite a gruesome death as well. When he kills Bert and squashes him in the car and Catherine's body squashes against him. And then you see, you see Bert like bleeding out of his mouth out the side. Oh, yeah, because her body turns over and her face is just looking up into his. And he's yeah. like, oh, what have I done? What have I done? And he squashes him with rage. And his rage subsides. This film got fucking serious. It goes really serious. Yeah. Minutes. <laughs> After that, Carl makes his way to the lab because... Pam has run off with his wife, taken his wife to Alex. They've got her tied up. Alex and Pam and Lauren tied up in the office. They're waiting, waiting for Carl Frankenstein to turn up. They know he's going to turn up. He does turn up. They see him on the camera. So Pam takes the wife down. He says, I've got the one bullet that can penetrate that armour. I'm going to kill his wife. Takes her down, gun to her head, because we know, lads, if anyone touches that robot man, rage ensues. So she goes, she knows this, Pam knows this. She goes down, gun to the head of the wife, says, don't you come anywhere near me or I will chuck this wife at you and you'll rip it to bits. And he's like, no, don't do that. On account of the rage. She pushes the wife. He, he hugs her. He's holding the wife. They go around the corner. There's a sound of a struggle. And Pam Greer's like, ah, you fucking killed your own wife with rage. I am the winner. I am the victor of this fight. He comes out. He says, the gig is up now, Pam Greer. It's time to die. And she instantly just says, no, actually, I've seen how you work. I'm, gonna, I'm not, happy, not happy with that. And she shoots herself and just dies there and then. I actually thought that was quite a good end for that character. I thought <laughs> it worked really well that she was still never going to be defeated by anybody. She, she, she knew she was going to be defeated, so she killed herself. So she was never actually defeated. I thought that fitted really nicely. Yeah. She said, I ain't getting killed by no spaceman. Boff. Dead. Yeah. Pam Greer and the character that she plays are well and away the best thing about this film. Yeah, it's, it's great. 
well, this has happened. Carl is alone now in the alleyway, in the in the corridor, sorry. But is he? His wife comes out the other side. He's like, wife, wife's alive. And his wife's like, fucking hell. I thought you told me I couldn't touch you because of monkey rage. And he says, oh, don't worry about it. What? When I was out of the room, I went in the computer room and I've reprogrammed myself and now I don't kill people. How did he know how to do that? <laughs> And that's ludicrous. it. It makes fucking cake things. Yeah, and that's how they get round it. That is how they get round it. It just says, oh, I'll just reprogram myself now. Sorted. So, final showdown time, guys. Can I just pause for a second? Why is his yeah. blood like milk? I don't know. It's like that's the oil they put in. The milk. But he bleeds milk. It's not like oil or actual blood. It's milk. It's milk. You mean, milk. You mean like. Like Bishop. Like, yeah, like the, uh, the androids and aliens. Like Ash and Bishop. Yeah, but mm. the, the, the consistency of the blood for Ash, for Ash and Bishop was a lot more convincingly goopy. Whereas well, this is just milk. I I, am, I, am I being weird? Or is it, did it just... Yeah, I thought it was thicker than that. I thought it looked like... Um, conch. It looked... Oh, now I can't get that out of my head. So what you're saying, he's got jizz for blood. You are the worst. Well, that's... that's... You are the worst. It's time for the showdown. So Carl goes to fight Alex. By the time he gets to the lab, Alex has got one of the spacesuits on. And he's like, I'm a Superman. I'm going to fight you. I'm fucking fed up with this. The master must destroy the child. Or whatever it is. In the, his wife, Lauren's there. She goes into the lab. The science guys from earlier on, fucking Alex has turned them into vindicators. They're lying on it. They're lying. On the desk, like they're lying on uh, on slabs, like big silver zombies. Mm. And while Carl is fighting Robot Alex upstairs, they start to live. They start to move. But Lauren knows. She knows the life pipe is the key. Like Mark was on about the milky, milky pipe, where where they where they get their life from. She saw this earlier on. She was like, "Our Carl's dripping milk all over the place. If I pull their milk pipe out, they ain't getting me." So they, they get all like the Undertaker, like the Silver Undertaker, and she just instantly whips their pipes out, and they go, and they fall back down, covered in like jizzy milk. Right, is it me, or is or are her arms working particularly well for someone who's been shot in the arm? You know, she, she gives them a good old pipe beating, doesn't she? She's like, ah, that! I'm, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure anyone's arm would work quite as well as that with a bullet in it. No. But the fight moves its way downstairs between Alex robot alex and robot carl and the way that robot alex is defeated by robot carl is he grabs one of the pipes of milk the milky pipe the pipe of life and he shoves that pipe of life into the suit that alex is wearing and it fills up bit by bit and the pipe of life takes away the life of alex should be a pipe of death because he drowns in milk in his suit and he just drops dead oh that's it yeah. And then that's the last shot. It's just like Lorraine. I keep calling her Lorraine now. Lauren is there. Or there's like silver corpses. There's no, I think it's just assumed that Carl just died at this point because then we cut to a few years in the future and it's a museum exhibit about spacesuits in Mars. And they're saying, this man was a true hero. He, he fought off the, the, the big robot wars of 1986. And at the exhibition is Lauren. And a child that looks about 10 years old. Is that him? Have they just stood him up in the museum? He just stood him up in there. And um, the little boy says, he was a hero, wasn't he, Mum? And she says, yes, he was. 
Carl, and the film ends. So they go and see his dad's dead body hung up in a museum. <laughs> That's your dad. That's your dad, that is. The crispy robot man. And then the film ends. That's it. That's the end. The theme tune was good, though. That earned a love art. I did like the end theme. Yeah. It was, I mean, I loved this film. I thought it was very, very good. I like the robot fight at the end. The robot fight was good. I like the bit where he throws a death lamp. Oh, yeah, he threw a lamp at him. And he also pulled out the future pipes, didn't he? Brilliant. Threw a lamp at him, man. That's how angry it was. There was a yeah. lot to enjoy in this film. Pam Greer was brilliant. The there was there was even a little bit of kind of sci-fi philosophical debate when it wasn't terribly plotted, and the bad guys all got killed, which is always makes me happy. Um, and and there was an explodium truck. There was a lot to like in this film. Yeah, I but it wasn't very good. It's one I always remember seeing the VH. I always say that it's the VHS cover, and I. I I saw this for years and years and it was always in my head and it wasn't until like a couple of years ago when we started making the list of the film I actually found it and it had the cover and I was like fucking hell I remember that never watched it as a if I'd have watched this when I when I saw it in the video shop I'd have fucking loved it I'd probably be obsessed with it like as much as I am with Robocop but I didn't and didn't watch it until now this is not as good quality as Robocop no, but it's, you know, this is the precursor. This is... It is. And that's what blows my mind about it. Yeah. It, there would be no Robocop if it wasn't for Frankenstein 88. Well, this is the thing. I came into this thinking this was a shonky cash-in rip-off of Robocop. Not that it was before Robocop. No. It came out the year before, but the year before. So, Fletcher, did you enjoy this film? Are we going to do the star system? No, I don't give a shit. Don't give, how many stars? All the stars. Sure. Yeah. Some stars. Maybe Some not. stars. It's so, an enjoyable, fun romp with, that is pure tat. Yeah, and this is available on YouTube. The only place you can see it, in fact, I think, is on YouTube, unless you're lucky enough to have a grainy old VHS. But if you want to watch a grainy old VHS, just watch it on YouTube, because that's what it is. Thank you for joining us this week on Super Tat Film Club, when we talked about robots. We're not doing any werewolves for a while, lads. Next week is our birthday act birthday episode we've been doing this for a year so what we're going to start doing is chipping away at the real family vacation there are nine films in existence of the greatest saga committed to celluloid i'm not talking about star wars you don't mean yes he's coming big vinnie d's coming guys we're getting fast we're getting furious we're going to steal some DVD players next week, ladies and gentlemen. Happy birthday to us. The Fast and the Furious. We'll see you next Tuesday.